welcome to Future So Bright, the podcast from Class 101 Franklin, where we illuminate the college admissions experience. I'm your host, Sean. And before I was a college student, I was a Class 101 Franklin student who was trying to find my own way through the college admissions process. In this week's episode of Future So Bright, we're talking about GPAs, AP classes, and rigor with Class 101 Franklin College planners, Karen Feemster and Laura Brancho. So my private high school offered honors courses, but no AP courses. And so it's always funny when I'm at Davidson and talking to other students and they're talking about how many AP classes they took, but my school didn't offer any AP classes. But I learned that college admissions counselors know that sort of thing and take that into account when they're looking at students. We hear a lot about colleges wanting to know what you've taken and if you've taken the most rigorous course of study at your high school, but what does that really mean? Great question, Sean. And one of our first college visits, a college said it, I think, very well, is that they are not interested in what high school a student graduates from, but they are interested in how that student challenged themselves at that school. And you're going to find lots of disparities in schools that offer all AP classes to, like your high school, that offered honors. But that strength of rigor, how did that student challenge themselves? And that's going to mean something different for each student. Exactly, Karen. And the student needs to remember that their high school is going to send a school profile to the colleges. So the colleges will see what courses were and were not offered by that school. And then they will compare that to what the student took, how the student challenged himself, within that high school's curriculum. So oftentimes it doesn't have to be the AP courses, the IB courses. It can be the honors courses. It can be the standard level courses. As long as the student took classes that were challenging to him and did well in those classes. So in a similar vein, what exactly is an AP or an IB course and what kind of credit does it get you in terms of college or does it at all? So the difference, and we get this question a lot, between AP and IB scores. So AP, it's advanced placement, and those are administered through the college board. And a high school can actually choose which AP courses that it offers based on the certifications of the teachers there. The IB program is the International Baccalaureate program, and a school has to be certified as an IB school, and that is a specific course of instruction that's going to be the same across the nation, well, across the world, so that someone, a student, an IB student in Stockholm is going to be taking the same courses as, say, a student in Colorado and the same courses as a student in Franklin. So those are the differences. Now, they are different types of courses, and and a student just needs to see what what level is going to best suit them. Both AP and IB programs, well, um, if you score a specific score when you take the the national test, um, will give you college credit, depending on your school. We will look at our, with our students because the score is going to differ from college to college. It's nice to have those college credits. The example I can use with my, with my own daughter, who was an IB student, is that when she attended her college at St. Louis University, she was able to not only use her IB credit to be classified as a sophomore, but that gave her the room to not only major in biomedical engineering and finish in four years, 
but complete a minor in Spanish and also spend a semester studying abroad without becoming behind. So it can really expand your options if those type of courses are suited to the style of learning that your student has. Now that worked for my daughter. However, each college is going to have its own way of handling AP, even dual enrollment and IB credits for those students. Um, in fact, I will even encourage some of my some of my students. I have an engineer this year that um, has taken AP calculus and he's taken AP physics. We also know that he's going to have those courses in abundance as he starts engineering. He's probably going to make the choice not to take the credit in those classes so that he can continue with the rest of his students and build. Some of the science classes in our colleges will say, we know you did well in high school, but our lab at the college level is going to be a little bit more involved and we'd really like you to do the lab that comes with us. The colleges are more interested in the fact that you took a rigorous course and that you did very well in that rigorous course than they are in what score did you get on the AP exam. Because that is college level work while you're in high school and they're gonna see that you are able to handle that college level. I did have a student a few years ago that chose to take all AP courses. Mm -hmm. However, he made C's in them. Mm -hmm. And his mother did not understand why that this was not a benefit. And so we encourage that if you're going to take an AB class or, um, or honors, then you should be able to make an A or a B. You're challenging yourself, but you're still earning a good grade. We want to encourage them to challenge themselves at the level that they can perform well. So what you're saying is that there is such a thing as too many AP or IB courses? When I was working in high schools, we always encouraged our students to think three. Choose the AP level courses in the subjects that they felt they could do the best in. Some, but not many, of the students are qualified to take all AP courses. But it is very stressful. Uh, it is very rigorous. And so we ask our students, and, and I still work with the students on that and say, do you feel equipped to handle five or six AP courses this year, next year? Think about the subjects you like the best and think about the subjects that you know you'll do the best in and focus on AP level in those subjects. And, and to that, it is a challenging curriculum and you're in high school. And say you are also involved in a lot of clubs and you're also involved in sports. You've got to be able to figure out where is the balance where you can have um, a healthy high school year. You're challenging yourself, but you still have the time and the ability to do all of the other things, which also, as we've seen in admissions, makes you very valuable to a college because they want to not only see that you can handle college level material, but they also want to see what you're going to bring to the community. And that's going to come um, from all of your extracurriculars and the things that you're able to engage in um, outside of just academic work. So shifting gears a little bit, what about GPA? High schools and colleges use the term weighted and unweighted, and it feels like every single school has a different version of what that really means. So how do colleges look at GPA? The difference between an a weighted and an unweighted GPA is this. With an unweighted GPA, the student's grade is what it is. An A is a 4, B is a 3, and so on. A weighted GPA 
is the result of a student taking an honors course or an AP course, which bumps up the GPA a little bit. As far as what GPAs the colleges are looking at, it depends again on the college. They all have a different way of addressing the GPA. Some colleges look at the GPA that's on the transcript and accept it just as it is. Other colleges will recalculate the GPA, and in that case, they are using the core courses, English, math, science, social studies, foreign language grades only. They will give a little bump to honors and AP when they are recalculating the grade point average. So it depends on the college, and if you have a question about that, it's a good thing to ask an admissions representative. How do you calculate your GPA? What courses do you use? Or do you accept my transcript at face value? So what if my GPA is not really where it needs to be to apply to a college? What can I do to help boost that? And can other parts of my application help outweigh my GPA? Yes, we're often looking at students with their GPAs maybe not where they had hoped due to other circumstances, and so we try to build a story for that student. If there's a reason that their GPA is low, we're going to look back and see is there some kind of event that happened that made that GPA go low. How is that student doing now? Have they recovered from that? And then we also want to use their essays and their activities, and of course, test scores. That's when a test score is going to be helpful as well. We've actually had a, a, a student this year who had some problems in his family and his GPA was, was lower than was standard for that school. And in explaining those circumstances, the college gave him the benefit of the doubt and showed, um, saw that he was um, applying himself this year. When I'm meeting with a family um, or a student for the first time and we're looking at their report cards uh, where at whatever point they are, the colleges want to see you increase. Colleges are going to look at the whole story for that student. So they're going to look at how did their grades change over time while they were in high school. So a student that is having the best grades ever in their junior year or senior year, that's going to erase any doubt, we believe or things that may have happened freshman and sophomore year. So we encourage our students to still be working hard. Juniors that we're working with right now, I tell them they've got just a, we're in exam season right now at Class 101. So they have two more weeks to do everything in their power to get their GPA where they want it to be. And I tell them that be happy with the GPA that you end with your junior year because that's what we're gonna be writing on their college applications. While the GPA is extremely important, I think you mentioned, Karen, that the colleges are looking holistically at the student. So that lower GPA or GPA that's not the standard that the student wants himself to have can be overridden by a number of other factors, talents, leadership, involvement, extracurriculars, athletics. Those things also play a big part. Thanks for listening to Future So Bright. We hope you'll subscribe and tell a friend about us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at class101franklintn. And if you're in our area, we'd love to talk with you one-on-one about how Class 101 can work with your family and student to plan for college. With about 50 Class 101 locations nationwide, you can go to class101.com 
to find a location with experienced college planners near you.